This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Carly Teradaz. And Carly, you have a wonderful ministry full of healing stories. You had your own healing, and and you basically say healing is a piece of cake for Jesus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and I love how you say you don't need a special anointing or a gift to access the life-giving power of God. And that is very important to Sid, Carly. It's very important to our audience as well that it's one thing when somebody's gifted and you need to go to where that gifting is to have lay, hands laid on you and so on and so forth. But when you teach that we all have a special anointing and, and a gift to access the life-giving power of God, that's a game changer. That is, because that means that every believer is now filled with the power and the presence of God. And if you think about it, this totally makes sense, because when we received Jesus, you know, it wasn't like some of us received you know, a little bit of Jesus, and other people received a lot of Jesus. We received the King of glory. The healer himself lives on the inside of every born-again believer. That means wherever we go, the healing power of God in the person of Jesus goes with us. And he, you know, it's, it's real clear in the Gospels. He says, believers lay hands on the sick. And, I, and I'm, I'm just trying to encourage people to use the power of God that they're carrying around on the inside of them and to carry out and fulfill the purpose of God that, he, that he's given every one of us and that is to take his life and his power into into all of the world. And you're 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 so right there, uh, Ryan. That the you know we we have the power of God on the inside of us. And you know there are gifts of the Spirit. Praise God for gifts of the Spirit and gifts of healings and, and workings of miracles. But we have an authority as believers that Jesus has given us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. And and Carly, let's take you back uh, to when you were a teenager and uh, tell the people at home how you became born again, what you got into, and the miracles that happened uh, soon after that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in a home, um, and none of my, my family knew Jesus. We, uh, we, we weren't born again at the time. I uh, was diagnosed with um, with asthma as a teenager. I'd kind of had some experiences of God, like I'd, I'd been to Catholic um, elementary school, and so I'd, I'd heard about God, but um, wasn't born again, I, I, would, I would say. Um, but when I was 14, I had this asthma attack. At the time, I, I didn't know that anyone else had ever had any experiences similar to mine. Um, but since then, I've heard of other, other encounters that are similar, but... Um, I, I was in intensive care, and I remember having this out-of-body experience where I was looking down on my own body, doctors and nurses working on there to revive me. I just found myself um, kind of walking through these doors. Of, uh, floating is probably a better way to put it. And, and I had an, an encounter in that moment um, where, I, where I encountered Jesus. Now, I didn't know it was Jesus at the time, um, but uh, I just felt the tangible love of God in that moment. Like, I just wanted to stay in that place forever. And um, I think sometimes, you know, I try and put words to it, but our words don't seem enough to really describe adequately um, the, the experience I had at the gates of heaven. 
you know, it seems it seems kind of limited when I explain it. Um, but that that really changed me, and and I and I just we didn't exchange words as it were, but I knew that it wasn't my it wasn't my right time to go to heaven in that moment. That there was a life on earth that I had to fulfill. And um, the the next thing I knew, um, I was you know waking up, and what I did on the inside of me was it just it made me know that not only God was absolutely real, but um, you know I believed that God was real. I believed in Him, but but now I was absolutely hundred um, percent convinced, obviously. But I more than that, I knew that God had a plan for my life. Okay, Carly. So after your encounter with God, you you still didn't yield your heart to the Lord and you begin to look for God and as they say in all the wrong places what what did you get into so um i got into like christian spiritualism and and some of the uh, occult um ouija boards um just things you know I, I didn't have anyone around me to disciple me and so um i had a i had a, a friend that was going to a christian spiritualist church and because it honestly because it had the word christian in it um i just thought it was like a, you know another denomination like a baptist and methodist something you know whatever and and so I went along on that and found myself involved in things that um, that obviously weren't godly, but that had a a veneer on them. And so I was I was in my in my search for God. I found myself delving into things that that weren't good. Um, so I had a lot of really uh, demonic manifestations and things that were that were going on around me. And and in the end of the day, I just came to to a point where I was just so full of fear and and suicidal thoughts that. I look back to my to my time when I when I visited heaven, and I'm like God, if if you're real, I I need you, I need your help. And um, I'd watched enough movies to know that good triumphed over evil. <laughs> that was my limited experience, and so I just said, good must be stronger than evil. God, you are, you're the only one that I believe that can help me. And I and and if you're real, I, I need you, I need to hear from you. I need to know. I need to know you. And um, I was sitting in my bedroom at home, my parents' house, and I remember hearing a knock at the door, and uh, I, I just knew that that God was answering me, and I and I ran downstairs and opened the door, and there was a there was a vicar standing there with his dog collar on, his black shirt with his white dog collar, and now for those who don't know, Carly, because this was in England, right? What's a vicar? Yeah, uh, it's an Anglican minister. Okay. So pastor, minister. Um, but he was uh, he's not denominational um, clergy, and uh, I don't think he even got a word out. I just opened the door, and, I, and he had a he had a book in his hand that said "Why Jesus" on the front with a big red question mark. And I just snatched the booklet out of his hand, slammed the door in his face, <laughs> and and ran upstairs. And I read all the way through that book, and at the back of the book was a was a prayer of salvation, and um, and I prayed the prayer of salvation, and and. And committed my life to the Lord, and I guess that—I guess you could say that was the easiest doorstop conversion. Right. But yeah, but my life changed after that. It, yeah, I just felt the oppression leave, um, and I just knew that, that God was with me. Now, something very supernatural. I've never heard of this before, and I've been a producer here now for many years, and I've never heard this before. Right after the suicidal thoughts left and the oppression, and you became born again, something supernatural happened throughout your home. Yeah. So I had a, a whole collection of, um, of of books that were to do with, um, you know, horoscopes and spiritualism and all kinds of uh, negative things. And um, and right after I got born again, 
those books, they just they just vanished. They they weren't there. No one. I asked my mum, did you throw them out? What happened to them? Have you been in my room? And she didn't know. She's like, no, I haven't. I haven't been in your room or anything. And they just weren't there anymore. They they just they just left <laughs> my house. That's awesome. Okay, so um, down the road a little bit, you uh, uh, now were you struggling your whole life with epilepsy, or did it come on you? Yeah, so I was um, uh, 17 when I was born again, when I experienced uh, having one I can meet in my life a little. And I got diagnosed with epilepsy um, really about just just maybe not even a year before that. It was right around the same time um, that I got diagnosed with epilepsy. I think, that, I think honestly, the enemy was just trying to take me out any way he could. <laughs> you, know? you have epilepsy, and you go to a meeting uh, where you he- you hear some pretty incredible things. I'd been a, a Christian for uh, probably about ten years, I'd say at this point, um, and but I was invited to attend a women's afternoon Bible study, and these were um, these these were from a different church that I was used to attending, and uh, there was more charismatic, spirit filled church. And so I went along, and um, I was, you know, a little bit apprehensive because it wasn't really some things that I was used to. Um, but there was something really different about these ladies, and um, they just their relationship with the Lord just seemed so real, so tangible, so um, so I guess spirit filled. But I didn't really re- understand that it, what was spirit filled at that point. Um, and, and so I was fascinated by them, and I remember um, the lady was. Um, was, was teaching the Bible study, and she said, we're just going to give God a moment after she finished with the Word. She said, you know, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to give God a moment to really um, speak to us. We're going to listen to Him. And I remember that was really the first time in that moment that I had heard God speak to me on the inside of me. Does that make sense? Yes. It kind of heard His voice on the inside of me, but knew that, that it was Him speaking to me on the inside of me. <laughs> and um, I'd been sick for so long at that point that, I think like many people, when you when you have a chronic condition, you just kind of learn to, to survive. Just surviving is an achievement and and just learn to live with that condition. And when I when I heard God speak to me, um, you know, I knew it was God speaking to me because it, it just kind of came right into my head. Like it wasn't a train of thought. It wasn't it wasn't my own thoughts that, you know, I could trace back to something. It just came out of nowhere. And um, and God just said to me, you know, Carly, and um, you called me by name because you, you've kind of kept me outside of this epilepsy. And I knew exactly what he meant because it was like I was just, you know, taking the tablets, first trying, just trying to live through each day, raise my kids the best I could um, while living with a chronic condition. And he said, you don't, you don't need to hold on to this anymore. Um, take it from me, you know. And he said to me something really specific. He said, in two weeks' time, you can be free from epilepsy if you choose to be. And then he showed me a picture in my mind of just like a regular old light switch. And he says, when you're ready, I want you to just flip the switch and turn epilepsy off. Wow. I'd never heard of anything like that before. And I thought, man, I can't tell anyone. They're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> and that came straight from the Lord, that, that word to flip the switch. Yeah, absolutely. So now, Carly, you, you uh, admittedly in your book, you talk about how you had to kind of search your heart about this because as much as you, and people at home are going to relate to this, as much as you hated to admit it, a part of you needed to be sick because your identity was in your sickness. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, you know, um, I was so used to being sick 
Um, I, I didn't know there was any other option but than, than to be sick. Um, I had not seen anyone healed, heard of I didn't know that there was any other option. And, um, you know, sickness, um, it's one of those things that people people get sick in their thinking. They get sick in their mind. And um, especially chronic sickness, you know, when you have a chronic sickness, it's not like somebody's just had a headache for five minutes, you know. It becomes a part of you. It changes the way you think. It dictates your life, you know, how you live your life, um, if you can work, what you can eat, where you can go, your mobility. It, you know, it affects every – sickness will invade every – it'll slowly start to take over every part of your life, mm. your relationships, your, you know, your passion. You, you start to dream like a sick person. And um, and it's I think it's subtle. People don't realise how much of their their life and their thinking is driven by sickness and disease. I mean, ultimately, sickness and disease is of the enemy. And and so he he wants he wants every part of us. He doesn't just stop it as, as our physical body. And uh, and so it really I identified with being a sick person. You know, like um I was and every every you just think about this on a practical level. Every time you fill out a form. You know, you you have to make some sort of declarations. You know, any any known illnesses, and you check. You know, you confirm every time you fill those in. You confirm, yes, these are the things that are wrong with me. It just reinforces those things over and over till till I started to think like a sick person rather than thinking um, as a, as as a child of God. I was Carly with epilepsy, and I, I couldn't imagine myself being outside of that until God really challenged me in this moment. And Carly, there's a lot of people that are out there, because we see the prayer requests that, uh, you know, they, they've been sick so long that uh, I've never heard anybody say it like that before, that you start dreaming of the sickness, you start you start being the sickness, and it takes over every part of your life. And the Holy Spirit, you said, began to convict you of those dark thoughts and that, that were trying to consume you. And John 10.10 10, uh, revolutionized your whole thought life. Talk about that. Yeah, so John 10, 10, it says it's the enemy, you know, the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And for me, that kind of puts into perspective because oftentimes people, um, you know, I was taught this, that God puts sickness on people to teach them something. Um, but, you know, John 10, 10 really clarified that for me because it, it says it's the enemy, it's the thief. You talking about the devil. He is the one that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if there is, you know, sickness and disease falls into those categories. It kills, it steals, and it destroys from us. But Jesus never put sickness on anyone. You know, he came only, he came to heal people. Every person that encountered Jesus went away healed. There was none of, there was no one that encountered Jesus where he said, oh, no, you're just going to have to live with it. Or, you know, you haven't been good enough. Or, you know, send me your resume, your prayer request, and I'll think about it, right? I mean, he just, everyone that encountered him, and went away with, with with his life on the inside of them, and uh, and and so th- that kind of put that into that that cleared up that line of thinking, um, you know, or started a process, as you say, of clearing up that line of thinking for me because I've been thinking wrong, like contrary to the word of God for so long, um, that the Holy Spirit bringing that to my remembrance was the beginning of a journey for me of renewing my mind to embracing how the Word of God, what the Word of God said about me and having my identity based upon the Word of God, rather than on my previous experiences. And that is so good. In fact, uh, Carly, you say that one of the biggest part of your healing had to do with the revelation that you're just simply a child of God. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's interesting because when God spoke to me and he says, in two weeks' time, you can be healed from this if you want to be, I know now that, that it wasn't because there's something special about two weeks. It was just that God knew that, I had, that, that it was going to take me a couple of weeks to really get my brain around this, to really hear and understand what he was saying, and, um, and that my identity needed to be changed. And in, in, in that period of those two weeks, you know, I went home from that Bible study, and I'm like, Lord, this, I've never heard anyone say anything like this before. If I tell people what I'm thinking you're, you're saying to me, they're going to think I'm crazy. Um, I had no point of reference for it. But over that period of two weeks, the Lord took me through the Scriptures. He showed me that Jesus had a healing ministry. He showed me what it meant to be a child of God and how much He loved me. And just, the, and just gave me dreams and visions of the, the type of future and the, and the life that he had planned for me all along. And that is so good because that changed you from the inside out. You renewed your mind. And then that led to doing what the Lord said. You, you flipped the switch. Tell, tell that story. Yeah, so at the end of that two weeks, I'm like, okay, I got this now. And you know what? It's a little bit frightening, honestly, because I think some, when you've been living with something for a long time, um, it's familiar, and it almost, you, you kind of get into a rhythm where it becomes comfortable, right? Even if it's not good, and um, and so even for me to embrace healing was a little bit terrifying. I had to think through how is my life going to change, and really kind of prepare myself. Like, do I really want this? Because I had to ask myself those tough questions, and you know, in my heart, see that I had used epilepsy as um, as a comfort, like as a crutch almost, like as an excuse as well sometimes for not doing things, like if I didn't feel tired or if I felt tired or, you know, felt like I had kind of low self-esteem or felt depressed or whatever, I, I had a, a genuine excuse not to do something. And uh, and so once I kind of came to the end of myself, like, okay, Lord, I, I can trust you. I know that you love me. I know that you have an amazing plan for my life. I'm going to put my trust in you, even if it's scary, even if it's unknown to me, even if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to trust you. And um, I want the things you have for my life, and I trust you that you're going to help me through it. And uh, and in my mind, I um I said to I said to the Lord, and, and I was still like, even after two weeks of him talking to me about things, I, I was still like, Lord, if this really is you, you know, right. <laughs> he had to convince me. Um, but I knew it was right, and so I went back to that Bible study two weeks later, and I said, Lord, it's kind of like Gideon laying out a fleece, right? And I know we're New Testament believers, but you know, this is just where I was at that moment. I said, Lord, if this really is you um, and I haven't gone crazy, I'm going to go back to this Bible study and, uh, and work with me here, Lord. You know, we have very straight conversations. Work with me here. My friend, who I haven't said anything to, is going to offer to pray for me. And I'm going to know that, that, that this really is you speaking to me. And I'm not just not making this up, right? And so uh, we go through the whole Bible study and, um, like, nothing happens. Like, nothing spectacular happens whatsoever. And so we run our way out of that Bible study, leaving to go get our kids from school, and um, she just looks at me and she says, Carly, I don't know what it is, but I really feel like I need to pray for you. And I'm like, yeah, about time. <laughs> been waiting. And uh, so she, she lays hands on me and she says, you know, be healed in Jesus' name. It was a very unspectacular prayer. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and she walked off. And in, the, in my mind's eye in that moment, I knew that it was done. And I pictured that switch. And that, um, you know, we call this like a point of contact, right? But that was like, like the moment of t- a turning point in my life. And in my mind, I just turned that, I flipped that switch and I turned epilepsy off. I refused to let it have a right over me anymore. And I just, I knew, because I knew in that moment I was healed. 
and you couldn't see it on the outside, but I, but something changed on the inside. And you knew it. Your your own husband was like, eh, I don't know about this, but uh, you knew it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one one of the definitions of the of the very word faith is to be fully persuaded. And in that moment, I was fully persuaded, and I and I went home and. Uh, my husband was like, you know, how, how's your day and all that? And I uh, said, you know, it's great. You know, Jesus healed me of epilepsy today. And he's like, oh, that's nice, dear. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it wasn't really in our vocabulary where we came from. And, and to be fair, God had not spoken to him like he'd spoken to me. Right. And, uh, but, but on the inside, I just, I mean, I knew that I was healed. And um, my life changed from that moment on. And, um, and I've never had another seizure since. And that was 16 years ago. 16 years ago. That's incredible because you flipped a switch in your heart, in your mind, in your body. What an incredible testimony. And before we go on, uh, Carly, talk about your your book, Miracles in Healing Made Easy, and your CD set. Talk to the people at home about that. Yeah, absolutely. Miracles in Healing Made Easy. Um, You know, I wrote just put my testimony in there, being healed from epilepsy, um, and I just I, and there's lots of other testimonies in there as well. It, it really is a blend of teaching and testimony, so practical application. My heart when I wrote this book, and I didn't I honestly didn't want to write a book. Um, um, and it took me two years to write it. It was a labor of love, <laughs> but the Lord really put it on my heart, you know. And um, and I was just praying like, Lord, if it's going to help somebody to hear my experiences um, and, and help them on their own healing journey, if it's going to help one person, then it's worth writing it. Um, but, and it's helped, praise God, it's helped, it's helped many people since then. But, but really the heart of it is you don't need a special anointing or, or a gift of healing to access the, you know, the life-giving power of God. We are children of God. And because we are children of God, we carry around the healer on the inside of us. And, and really, it's just coming to an understanding of, of what Jesus has deposited in us, in every one of his children, that, um, that helps people work through their struggles so that they can arrive at their own place of healing. It's just literally taking the Word of God regarding healing and helping people to apply it to their lives, helping it to just a tool to get that Word on the inside of them. So, you know, it's the truth that sets people free, right? So um, that's the essence of the book, and in there there's lots of... Um, miracles, um, healings that we've seen, um, just really empowering believers in the promises of God, you know, and it, and it begins with changing our thinking. Um, you know, I mentioned that, that scripture there, that it's the truth that sets us free, but it really is. As You know, I believe that right believing leads to right thinking that leads to right receiving. So it's, it's that process in a nutshell. And then you did the three CD set for us, uh, and you talked about John ten ten, and you teach people the power of praying in the Spirit and how to stand on God's promises, which you've you've learned how to do that, and you've learned how to get your identity straightened out so you can receive your healing. And uh, Carly, let's go back to your story. Um, after you were healed of epilepsy, uh, tragedy hit again uh, with your daughter. Uh, was diagnosed with a deadly autoimmune disease. And if I could put in perspective for the people at home, which really ministered to me, the, the, the depth of what happened here is when your daughter was three, she was at that time the size of a nine-month-old. So we're talking about something very serious here. Uh, Carly, talk, tell the people at home what happened, what you went through, and then how the Lord has touched her since. Um, you know, she was she was born with a condition. She's the youngest of three, so it's not we had we had two. She's got two older brothers, and um, so when she was born, uh, we knew uh, 
that there was something wrong with her. She wasn't able to feed. She wasn't able to eat. Um, she she didn't grow properly. She was never. She would just vomit constantly. She had terrible pain. And when she was about two years old, she was diagnosed with eosinophilic enteropathy. Um, and that's basically just an autoimmune disease that means your body cannot digest any kind of protein, which you really isn't every, everything. And so she, it, um, it's like a hyperallergic disorder. So her, her body would fight against itself. It would see food as any kind of nutrition at all as, as something that needed to be attacked and expelled. Mm. And so it caused massive internal swelling, bleeding, obstruction. Um, she wasn't able to go to the bathroom. She wasn't able to swallow. Um, and, and, you know, if you can't eat, you can't grow, right? So she's three years old. She's um, the size of a nine-month-old baby. Um, and it was just getting worse and worse. And, and finally, she was diagnosed. It's a, it's a rare disorder. So we went to doctors in London, specialists. They diagnosed her when she was two years old. And basically, they, they wrote the name down of the disease on a, on a, on a sticky note. They said, go Google it. Um, we, we know how to diagnose it. There's really no treatment for it. Um, and, and so that was the extent of what they knew about that condition at that time. And, you know, we, 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 we love God. Um, we were pastoring. We loved God. We were in church all the time. We, you know, we were, my husband was spirit-filled, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, we were, we were passionate about, about Jesus. But, um, and we'd had this, this healing experience. But the missing piece for us was we did not understand truly what had happened when I got healed from epilepsy, that it was always God's will to heal. And so, you know, we just thought, well, praise God, you know, I was just a lucky one. God must have shone his light on me and looked at me favorably and, and, and bless God, he healed me, right? But we didn't really understand um, the true nature of God, I'd say, that he's always good, that he's always God, that he doesn't put sickness on people to teach them something. And this is actually something that came out when we were going through this sickness with our daughter. Um, people said to us, you know, we prayed for her and stuff, but people said to her, to us, uh, maybe God, you know, maybe God's judging you. Maybe God's trying to teach you something through this. Wow. And we didn't know any better, and so um, we were just like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it is. And and here's the thing: James talks about this. He says that it's the prayer of faith that will save the sick, that will heal the sick. You know, you can't pray a prayer of faith if you don't know the will of God. Well, that's good. Yeah, faith operates where the will of God is known. You know, faith in its very self is that is that trusting confidence. How can we pray a prayer of faith regarding healing if we don't know that, that God's mind is made up regarding healing? And so we started to realize, you know, with, with Hannah, this, this is a whole long testament. I explain it in my book. Um, but but God, but God wanted Hannah well. We didn't know that at first. So we went through three years loving God, knowing God, knowing God could heal, but not knowing if he would heal. And I think there are a lot of people that are stuck in this, in this boat just because their experiences of God are, um, are based, their, their knowledge of God rather, is based on their experiences, their human experiences, rather than upon the truth of God's word. And that's fine if we've had good experiences, but what if we haven't? Right. You know, that's really up in the air. So we've got to let the Word of God determine our opinion of God rather than our experiences. And it wasn't until we, um, you know, Hannah, Hannah was three years old. She was, she was basically given a week to live and um, sent home from the hospital to die. And, uh, and it really was at that point that we received um, 
we received a little teaching tape um, from from a, from a minister called um, Andrew Womack, and and he really kind of helped us to see that just by basing the word, letting the word of God form our opinion of God, and um, in regards to healing, and that sparked faith on the inside of us. Once we knew what the will of God was regarding our daughter, it was just a very short period of time before we saw healing and manifest miraculously in her body. And then Carly, like you said, your daughter was given just days to live. You you heard some teaching you, uh, from Andrew Walmack. You received that teaching, uh, but then you you also got prayer uh, at a meeting he was at. And what happened? Yeah, you know the the doctors basically. Um, well, it was it was really it was really cool actually. The, the doctors came in and they you know every time they came into the hospital room, it was just just bad. It was just they never had anything really good to say. And in that in the in the period of, of time between receiving the, the teaching that teaching tape. And Hannah receiving a healing was about a period of about three weeks, I'd say. And um, during that time, we were just feeding upon the Word of God, feeding upon uh, the truth of God's Word. And God gave me three pictures. And um, and two of those we've seen come to pass, uh, praise God. One of those was Hannah riding a tricycle. Now, she's remember, she's three years old at this point, And um, she's, you know, dying in a hospital bed. But God showed me this picture. She couldn't walk. She, she, she wasn't talking. She was like in a vegetative state. All of her hair fell out. She looked like a like a chemotherapy patient. But um, God gave me a vision of her uh, riding a tricycle at like um, three years old, and um, so I knew that that was coming really soon. And then another picture, um, and it was her about in a, about a years time from then of her walking through the school gates on her first day of school. And then a picture of her dad way in the future walking her down the aisle on her wedding day. Oh, only sixteen. So that one hadn't happened yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that that sort of to paint a picture on the inside of me, and just it's kind of like when God had to, to show me a picture of me being healed from epilepsy. He, I need this is the power of the imagination, and, it, and it's great because you know we, we talk about this as well on the on the CD set that you mentioned. Um, but the power of imagination is so important, and in that moment, God was painting a picture on the inside of me of what Hannah's future looked like. And it was setting us up, really, stirring up faith on the inside of us. Faith was painting a picture on the inside of me again. And so the doctors came in and they said, you may as well take her home to die, basically. And we took, because we'd been listening to these teachings, we were like, man, I wonder if this guy is ever in, um, this guy in Womack is ever in, um, ever in the UK. We're in the UK. And, um, and we looked on his website and, and he was only in the UK one day and it was the next day. And I'm like, well, you know, I think this might just be God. And um, and so we bundled our kids up in the car, drove across the country, and we went to one of his meetings. And, uh, you know, and I, here's the thing. God will meet you in your place of faith, right? Right. He meets you where you're at. And um, I've since learned this, that, that we have that, and this is what my book is talking about, we have the power of God on the inside of us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But in that moment, my faith was if, if this one person, lays hands on Hannah, I know she'll be well. And God met me in my place of faith. And we went, we took Hannah to that meeting, and um, and Andy did pray for her. Again, you know, it was an unspectacular prayer, you know. And I think this is really interesting because the supernatural is really spectacular. And uh, God is often understated. It's easy to miss a miracle uh, if you're not looking for it. And, uh, and, so, and so he prayed for her, and we just knew in that moment, it's kind of like another flip-the-switch moment, um, nothing changed on the outside of Hannah. She was still connected to a machine at that point. Um, she had her feeding tube connected 23 hours a day. 
And uh, we nothing changed on the outside, but we flipped the switch on the inside of us. And we knew, listen, we either believe the Word of God or we don't believe the Word of God. His believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. We know that we know that we know that God's plan for Hannah is to have a long and healthy life. We know this sickness is not from God anymore. We're not deceived anymore. We know the truth. And therefore, if we've laid hands on the sick and we've spoken the Word of God over Hannah and we really believe it, then we need to do what comes naturally. We need, we need to treat her like we believe she's healed. I like that, treating her as if she was already healed. And so after this prayer, you, you kind of bundled them back up and headed out. Yeah, we did. And, you know, it was lunchtime and we were hungry. So we just decided to go get some lunch. And um, this is a child that has never eaten in her life, that couldn't eat. You know, if she tried to eat or swallow anything, she would she would choke, you know, possibly um, catastrophically choke. And uh, so we, uh, we, went to, <laughs> we went to a KFC, actually. And, um, you know, people say if you haven't eaten food, you've been on a long fast or whatever, you should kind of break yourself in gently. Um, but we just went we went for KFC. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we, we figured either, either, either she's healed or she isn't. Right. And, um, and we just all sat there and I think she probably tried every type of food group known to man in the space of about 30 minutes. And she did great. Yeah, she was awesome. <laughs> All those symptoms uh, began to stop in in the name of Jesus, and you went back to the doctor. Doctor said she's she's a miracle. And uh, how old is your daughter now? She's sixteen. She's sixteen years old and and uh, completely healthy. Yep, absolutely. She was healed when she was uh, three and a half. What what a powerful miracle! And that's why uh, you need to know. What Carly is saying is that healing is not as difficult as the devil's trying to make you think it is. And and if you learn to change the way you're thinking, stand in faith and believe that it is God's will to heal everyone that is listening to this right now, you are healed in Jesus' name. And in a moment, we're going to have Carly uh, pray for you. And Carly, you talk about the importance of praying in the Spirit. What does that mean to you? You know, pray, praying in the Spirit, this is... Um for me, this is this is praying in tongues. Honestly, I mean, you know, the praying in tongues has been a power, a powerful, powerful tool um, in our life. And and you know, in Acts, um, in Acts two, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So praying in the Spirit, this is, this is praying in tongues in our prayer language. Every every born again believer can pray in the in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is so powerful. This is not the same as praying in English um, or, you know, known language, you know. Um, but when we pray in spirit, it's our spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in us that prays. We are praying the perfect will of God. And this has been super powerful for us. You know, I, every time I, I, I pray for people regarding healing, I, I always start by praying in tongues just because it helps my mind to get out of the way and the spirit to flow, right? It, it, it releases the power of God into the situation and the perfect will of God. God gives us words of wisdom, words of knowledge. In that moment, he reveals his hidden mysteries. When we're praying in the Spirit as well, another great thing that's happening, and it says this in Jude, but we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We're tapping into the power of faith on the inside of us. We're tapping into our spirit man. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's huge. And in ministry situations alone, you know, I pray in, pray in tongues for just even just a few seconds, and uh, and when we do that, you know, God will reveal hidden mysteries to us. Is what it says in the scriptures. So, in essence, Carly, you're saying 
uh, to get yourself in the spirit. Start praying in tongues before you pray for people to get to get yourself in the spirit and and, and you pr- praying those perfect mysteries, those perfect uh, the perfect will of God. Absolutely, yeah, it's powerful. Now, uh, Carly, you carry a real authority because you know your authority. Talk to the people at home about walking in authority. You know, authority comes from identity. And so um, we've been given authority by Jesus. He says, believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. He's given, he gave us, many, there's many different accounts of this in the gospel, um, where he gave, um, he gave the disciples authority over all sickness and all disease and every work of the enemy. Now, sickness and disease is a work of the enemy, right? And, um, and, and any, anything that rises up against us um, or against the Word of God, we have authority as a believer um, to, to, to squash we have power over it. Um, but we, you know, knowing our authority is one thing, but if we really, if we really going to walk in that authority, it comes from knowing our identity. And I think, you know, um, I, I mentioned some of this uh, in my book as well, about how, you know, that two weeks period of time, God changed my identity. He, he formed my identity based on being a child of God. And that is so important because one, once we understand um, who we are in Christ, we will naturally walk in that authority as a believer. And we'll find that, you know, that authority is released with words. You know, uh, word, faith has to be spoken, right? And James 4, 7 says, you know, submit to, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And and that is um, that's exactly what we're doing here. If anyone's looking for a formula, um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you're saying is it's it's really about coming into agreement about who God says you are and what God says he wants to do in your life. Yeah, exactly. And when we do that, you know, I like to say it this way. We we take ourselves off the devil's menu. <laughs> there you go. It says that the, the enemy is roaming around. In, in Peter, it says, the, the enemy, the devil, is roaming around seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. You know, he doesn't have permission to devour us. That's right. He doesn't have authority over us. But we need to stop allowing ourselves to be devoured. We'll start to walk in that authority and we'll cease to allowing ourselves to be devoured by the devil. We'll take ourselves off his menu, if you like. Now, Carly, uh, we just have a few more minutes. I want to ask you about two more things. And, and I really like how you you teach people, start gaining victories in the small areas to build your faith. You know, faith um, faith is a process for people, for sure. And, um, and, and you know, I'm just thinking of, of the your listeners here who... Um, this might be the first time I've ever heard anything like this. And um, I just want to encourage you listeners um, that you have the power of God on the inside of you. And, um, and you know, it doesn't matter if you've been born again five minutes, five years, 50 years. If you've never used, if you've never walked in your authority, you can start doing that today. Start on the little things. You know, David, when he, when he ran after Goliath, he didn't just go and decide to go chop a head off a giant. He fought the lion and the bear. That is what gave more confidence to go after that giant when it seemed impossible. Start using the Word of God. Start using your faith and your authority on, you know, the common cold, on, on, every, on an acre of pain, you know, um, because what happens is if we start to get a victory in one area, it builds, it builds our confidence in, in, the, in the Word of God. It builds our faith. And, it, and just like David, you know, he fought the lion and the bear, and then he went after Goliath. 
and win a victory in one area first. That could, that could really help start this process of learning how to, how to exercise faith in everyday situations. And Carly, I want to ask you one more thing before you pray. What, what do you mean when you say, don't give a lie permission to land? Absolutely. You know, the Scripture tells us to, uh, to take our, our thoughts captive. It talks about this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. Um, but thoughts, thoughts will come to us, you know, vain imaginations, um, every high thing that exalts itself against the, the name of God, against the Word of God. We need to take those thoughts captive. And, um, and I, I, I look at this like the lies, um, the, the, maybe the patterns of negative or wrong thinking that we've, we didn't even know we had. Maybe we're getting revelation of this right in this moment. Um, you know, this is the, the misconceptions that we've had about God, you know, sometimes we have these lies that the enemy wants us to believe. He wants us to believe that God is mad at us. He wants us to believe that we only that we have to learn to live with sickness and disease and, and you know, you name it, any, any other work of the enemy. But those are lies. And um, now those lies, those thoughts, um, that they, they may come to us, but we don't have to entertain them. And I believe this is something really powerful that the Holy Spirit can help us with. And, and it's another great thing about praying in the Spirit, actually, Ryan, going back to that. But um, as we pray in the Spirit, you know, you mentioned that, that the hidden mysteries of God are revealed to us. And the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. He'll actually show us lies that we've been believing. And once we recognize where those lies are, we can stop entertaining them. We can stop, um, you know, they may have come to us, but we can identify them and say, hang on a minute. That's not what the Word of God says about me. So we can start to really take captive those thoughts and measure them up to that John 10, 10 principle. You know, that, that, um, that the, are, the, are those lies good, bad, or ugly, in other words? Right. Lies that come to kill, steal, and destroy? Or are they, are they a truth that's come to set us free and give us life more abundantly? And we'll be able to, be able to rightly discern those, those thought patterns with the power of God. So good. And, and Carly, I feel like people are being ministered to even now. If you could just pray, even a prayer of healing over them or whatever, whatever direction the Lord leads you. Absolutely. Father God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's hearing the sound of my voice right now. And right now, in the, in the name of Jesus, we command all sickness and all disease to leave their bodies, to leave their minds. Right now, I take authority over cancer, over cancer in people's bodies. Right now, we curse cancer in Jesus' name. We command it to shrivel up and die and to leave. I take authority over, over every um, lie of the enemy that's entered into their heart, that's entered into their mind. And right now, we declare over them, you are the healed of the Lord. You send it full to your word, Lord, and heal them. And right now we release the healing power of God to flow through them from the very top of their head all the way through their body to the very soles of their feet. We command that healing power to push out every lie, every sickness, every trace of disease, every ache, every pain. We speak restoration, life, and peace to every cell in the body every cell in the body, and we command you to function as you were created to in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, no more pain. Pain, I'm, I'm commanding pain. I'm going to take authority right now, Ryan. I feel like there are a lot of people. Oh, God, this is so good. I feel like there are a lot of people that are dealing with pain in various parts of their body. Arthritis, fibromyalgia, pain in the neck, pain in the Fine. Pain, pain in the in the in the deep bones of the body. Right now, we take authority over pain, and we command that pain to leave. In Jesus' name, somebody right now is having their heart healed. 
There, there, there are valves in the heart that are being healed right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing organs. I just speak a blessing over hearts and lungs right now in Jesus' name. We command all heart palpitations, heart arrhythmias to leave, heart to function as they were created to be normal, healthy blood pressure. Normal, healthy blood pressure. Thank you, Lord. Normal, healthy blood pressure, normal, normal, a, re- a regular heart rhythm. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He is good to us. He is good. Amen. And you've been listening to the Messianic Vision with our guest, Carly Terrades. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Carly Terrades has seen amazing miracles, not just in her meetings, but in her own life. Her daughter had a week to live at age three and is now a healthy 16-year-old. Carly says she does not have a special anointing, nothing special about her. Anyone can see these kind of miracles on a regular basis. In Carly's book, Miracles and Healing Made Easy, and brand new and exclusive three-CD set, catapulted into a supernatural lifestyle, Carly will teach you what she learned in her journey to discovering God's miracle-working power. In the end of the book are powerful confessions for you to confess over yourself. These confessions are tools to help you begin the process of cultivating right thinking. Call now for Carly's book, Miracles and Healing Made Easy, and brand new and exclusive three-CD set catapulted into a supernatural lifestyle for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. I mean, you will be catapulted into this lifestyle. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. 97. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Carly Terada's book, Miracles in Healing Made Easy, and brand new and exclusive three CD set, catapulted into a supernatural lifestyle. Offer number 9660 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9660. Once again, That's offer number 9660.